Hello, 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 and welcome back to Bits and Bobs. It's been a while. Thank you very much for your patience. I was enjoying my summer holidays and preparing the little one for high school, which I can assure you is no mean feat. But anyway, I'm back now. Bigger and better, hopefully, um, as usual. Um, you know, the aim for us is to make sure that every time we are adding value and making things better and better each time. Um, so, yeah, just to kick off today, we're going to be talking about, you know, something quite simple, but a bit of a, a mystery and difficult to sort of understand. You know, it's all the kerfuffle about solving every everyday life problems. Like I said, it sounds simple, but it really isn't. And you'll be surprised what people have to go through to... Uh, to to uh, live with these problems or to otherwise try and solve them. But um, obviously, in the spirit of Bits and Bobs, we like music here. So we're just going to perk ourselves up and listen to one very good, very, very favorite song of mine. Uh, it's not really a song. It's more of an interlude than anything. But um, yeah, this is Keep Your Soul Intact by SWV. Stay tuned. Radio. So we are going to finish this lovely song off um, when we finish this um, particular episode of the podcast. So as I was saying before, we are going to be talking about problems, just everyday life problems. And, you know, you will agree with me that everyone has problems of one kind or another. Um, obviously, some people are able to deal with them and get on with their lives. Others become caught up in these problems and struggle for years and years and years to dis- disentangle themselves. Now, often the struggle, you know, is like, you know, when you get into quicksand, you know, the more you try to get out of it, the, the, the deeper you sink into the, into the quicksand. So it's a vicious circle. And I'm sure you agree with me that constant worry diminishes the enjoyment of life, um, causing particular stress and friction in your everyday relationship. So, um, you know, the struggle to disentangle yourself from problems is like getting out of quicksand. And I know for a fact that you will agree with me. Um, so we're just going to try and um, figure out why long-term worries are so difficult to get rid of. I mean, it should be easy enough. I mean, if you, ca- if you bake a cake today and it doesn't work out, all you do is you consult a cookbook and you follow the instructions letter by letter uh, and improve the outcome of the next cake that you bake. Um, So it's unlikely that this cake is going to be a flop yet again. But when it comes to life's problems, we do not have such manuals. Um, I've not come across them. And even if they are are manuals, they're not very much um, cater. They don't cater for the um, 
a simple man. It's not in layman's terms. It's very difficult to decipher. Um, One particular book that I really enjoyed was the one by Wayne Dyer called Erroneous Zones. And I refer to this book a lot throughout my podcast, only because it's the only book that I actually read that was relatable and was very easy to understand. So, um, like um, Hippocrates said, um, it's more important to know what sort of person has a disease than to know what sort of disease a person has. And this becomes, um, it comes to a head because um, we all know that sometimes long-term problems can be difficult to solve. And um, it's because we don't really know what to look for. Um, So in this particular case, we can say that long-term problems can be seen from four different perspectives. So some people would accept the problem as it is and as a way of life. Um, Some would attempt to solve the problem. And, you know, it must be noted that maintenance of an issue is often related to the attempts to solve it, which makes it even harder. And the third one would be recognizing the problem as a message and obviously trying to direct your attention to what the message is and and try again to decipher that message and solve it if it needs solving. And um, the fourth and not least um, is using avoidance and denial to ensure a circle of non-progression. So um, from these four perspectives, you can be able to see how you as an individual deal with problems. And I tend to do more of for number four, which is using avoidance and denial to ensure a, a cycle of non-progression. I mean, I do... Um, dip into each and every one of those four here and there, depending on the situation. But on the whole, I would say if I had to choose one, I would say hand on heart that I use avoidance and denial to ensure a cycle of non-progression. It's just easier sometimes, especially if (laughs) you can just push it to the back of your head. So like I said, often in our quest to try and solve these long-term problems, we hope for a magical cure or someone else to come in and to solve these problems for us. Um, In general, I think in order to make headway into solving these problems, we must accept that we need to know what we need to do to solve it. We need to know how to do it and we need to have support and guidance throughout this process of change. Otherwise, we'll just backstep and possibly self-sabotage because it is not easy. Like with anything concerned with growth and change, it is not easy to step out of your comfort zone. You will be met with a lot of discomfort. Um, The fourth one is you need to allow time for this adjustment. So... um, Time means you need to take your time. You shouldn't expect it to happen overnight. But you need to trust in the process and in the fact that whatever you're sowing, one day you shall reap. It should be a plant that will steep um, out of the ground, grow out and grow from a small plant and bear fruit at some point. As long as you keep watering the plant, you know that you are going to eventually reap what you have sown. So... um. In this period of adjustment, you should be prepared for setbacks and you should not expect this change obviously over, um, occur overnight. Nothing good ever comes easy and small consistent steps are the answer and these mean that progress that that progress is definitely being made like when I referred to a um, to a plant that you've sown um, and to make sure that the challenge is going to actually be overcome. 
So inevitably, there'll be pitfalls and setbacks, but often the breakthrough comes by doing something that is way out of your comfort zone. Um, like with this lady called Geraldine, I have a small story for um, a workmate of mine when I used to work in London. Her name wasn't actually Geraldine, but um, I will use Geraldine to um, to kind of just um, make a point and see how you can understand why where I'm coming from. So Geraldine was very shy. Um, she was near retirement, a, a very small Jewish um, lady, very cute, very sweet. But um, for the most part, she lacked confidence. So at work, she was usually the first to arrive because she lived just around the corner um, where we lived, um, when we where we worked. But um, because she was the first to arrive and she wasn't in management, she always had to wait outside until someone comes with a key. So one day she asked for a key, um, not on one day, on several occasions really, over a three-year period, but never actually received one. Often she had, um, she would shiver in the rain and during the snow times, um, waiting for someone to let her in. So we started encouraging her, you know, we felt sorry for her. She kept on, you could tell she was really not happy about the situation. So we encouraged her to begin standing up for herself. Um, and we we even went on to suggest that she start seeing a therapist. And she found one psychotherapist. She said his name was Brian, who was somewhere in Old Miss London. Anyway, um, gradually her self-confidence grew and we could all see it. Um, and she finally had to do the, penul- the penultimate test. And this is asking for that dubious key. So um, she declared that she, if she was not given a key, she would arrive late, late the next day. Now, we're talking about a 50-year-old who's been coming to work every single day and had never been late a single day in her life. She was always the first one to arrive. And here she was declaring that if she was not given a key, she would definitely arrive late the next day. That evening, she'd still not receive that key. So she made the very difficult decision for her. It was a very difficult decision because it was way out of her comfort zone and decided to arrive late the following morning. And when I say late, I mean late as in she arrived later than everyone. Uh, we started at um, we started in earnest at quarter to nine. And I remember her sauntering in um, just after nine o'clock, I think about five past nine. And, you know... F- Everyone was in shock because that had never happened before. The next day, she waited at home, obviously, and feeling very nervous because she thought she was going to get into big trouble for being late just that one time. And feeling, obviously, terribly guilty about the whole thing and wondering what would be said the next day by HR. But that very same evening, she was presented with a key. So you see... Great things happen when you decide to step out of your comfort zone. It is very uncomfortable, but it is surely worth it. And, you know, like I said, Gerald, um, Jerry's problem may sound simple to most of us. But our problems are often simple when viewed by others. And it requires much courage and anxiety for us to make those positive stands. So whenever we alter our actions, we fear terrible things may result. But generally, they don't. We live more in our heads than anything. And I've noticed the minute that I worry so much about something, it almost always never happens like I'm worrying about. So um, generally, that's what we are going to be talking about. This is the first part of the next episode, um, just to provide some groundwork. And... Uh, 
prepare you for the eventuality of what we're going to be digging into to see how we can go ahead and try and solve those dubious life problems that plague us every single day. Um, so obviously, in the next episode, we will be talking about, um, I'll be introducing you to these four perspectives. And as usual, I try to relate whatever I speak about to actual life situations. So you can better understand what I'm trying to, to say to you and where we're coming from. So we are going to be introducing those four perspectives that we spoke about before, that I spoke about rather. Um, and these are, just to recap, um, accepting the problem, whether you accept the problem as it is and as a way of your life, or attempting to solve the problem, and then recognizing the problem as a message uh, that something is wrong. You know, often like when... Um, when you feel pain, it means something's not right wherever um, there's been some trauma and disturbance there. And lastly, um, using avoidance and denial as, um, as a way to ensure a cycle of non-progression. So um, we will delve into those four next week. I could do it in this episode, but it will become too long. And as you know, I always want to keep any, everything under 15 minutes just so I don't bore you because I know you are busy and you have other things that you need to do. So I'll catch you next time on the next episode of Bits and Bobs, which is going to be about those four perspectives, which I know. And in the meantime, if you can, on my Instagram, on even on any platform that you listen to this, just try and identify where and when you fall um, on those four perspectives, how you normally deal with your with the problems of your life. And let me know. And also don't forget to subscribe. Um, it's available everywhere, Google, Apple, depending on whether you use an Apple phone or um, an Android. And also whichever platform that you listen to this from, make sure that you subscribe and you leave a review. And if anything at all, if you follow me on social media, let me know if there's anything you want me to particularly speak about and I'll be happy to indulge you. So thank you once again for listening to this episode of Bits and Bobs. I hope to hear from you again. I'll join you next time. Hopefully you'll join me next time when I speak about these four perspectives. And in the meantime, keep your soul intact.
Hello and welcome back um, to Bits and Bobs. Um, as I promised before, um, when I gave you the introdu- introduction to the long-term problem, we are going to delve into um, introducing the four perspectives on how to deal with problems, um, whilst, of course, the um, initial introduction is still fresh in your mind. Um, like we agreed, oh, I'm sure you'll agree with me, that dealing with long-term problems is not easy um, so I'm going to try and expand, obviously, to see um, what the four different perspectives might look like to someone who has trouble dealing with their problems. Um, today, we don't have any music. I'm having some technical issues, um, so we won't be having any music during the podcast. But I will try and um, get something for you afterwards so we can have a little listen and wind down and sort of take the edge off some of the heavy stuff that we'll be talking about. So um, we agree that the four situations, the four perspectives of dealing with problems are accepting the situation as it is, um, attempting to solve the problem. (laughs) And of course, the um, number three is, um, if you just bear with me and I will, so accepting the situation, attempting to solve the problem. And of course, number three would be, recognizing the problem as a message so problems are only opportunities in disguise someone would go on to say and the last one is obviously using avoidance and denial so uh, in this case we are talking we are looking to see how each and every one of us deals with these problems like i said mine is normally to receive denial and everything else that goes with it um just avoiding the problem and hoping it will go away um, number one is accepting the situation as it is, and it can only be fairly. I can only explain it fully um, by reading the story um, about a Jewish man who uh, he was a village man, and he kept complaining about his house and his household. So his friends became really, really tired and annoyed of his constant moaning, and suggested he see a rabbi and see what the wise rabbi would say and ask for his help. The man went to the rabbi and for some hours bemoaned his fate. He rambled on about his house being too small, his wife being grumpy and dirty, his children not unruly and everything. The rabbi listened patiently and when the moaner had finished, um, the rabbi said, you know what, I can help you. I know exactly what you're going through and I think I can help. The man was obviously delighted and eagerly was asked what he should do to overcome all these multitude of problems that he was having. So then the rabbi said, simply buy a goat. So the Jewish man was kind of bewildered. It was like, buy a goat? Is that the solution to my problems? And then the rabbi said, yes, don't ask any questions. You came to me with a problem. I told you I can help you. So just follow through with what I'm saying. Go and buy a goat and put it in your house. Trust me on this one. A week later, the confused man returned to the rabbi, dragging a small brown goat on a string. Good, said the rabbi. Now go and tether the goat on a long string in your house. No questions. Just do as I say and return in a week. Remember, it said to tether the goat inside and not outside the house. Inside. Slowly and again with a bewildered expression, the man led the goat home. A week later, he returned, disheveled, smelly and looking very tired. And he said to the rabbi, oh my gosh, the goat is destroying my house, rabbi. He eats everything in sight, messes all over the place, makes a terrible noise and smells awful. My wife and children are at their wit's end and I think I'm going to go mad. Please help me. The rabbi again said, good. It's good that you've come to me. Now go and sell the goat and return to see me in a week. (laughs) 
A week later, the man returned neat, fresh, and smiling. How were things? inquired the rabbi. Wonderfully peaceful, rabbi, the man replied. My house is now my home. My house is clean and tidy. My wife and children are very, very happy. Happy. Thank you for the help. So you can see the old cliche, the problem is not the problem, but the worry about it is the issue rings very true, especially in this circumstance. Like in any problem, assessing who has the problem is of the utmost relevance. The person who normally comes forward as having the problem or who is thrust forward as having the problem, as has been identified to be having the problem, um, but ultimately... It always ends up like the person who is initially said to have the problem is not the one who actually has the problem, but rather the complainer, the person who is, done, who is doing the complaining is usually the one with the problem, even though it may appear that the one being complained about is the one with the problem. Like, for example, five-year-old Susie wets her bed. Susie and her mom are always at loggerheads because mommy is just trying and trying and trying always to make sure that Susie does not wet her bed at night. So both Susie and mommy are caught up with nocturnal and morning ritual to deal with the problem. Susie is not allowed to drink anything after six. She sits on the toilet 10 minutes before she goes to bed. All these things are just there. Everybody has been involved in this situation. And in my opinion, the problem is not with Susie. But if you think about it, it's mom's worrying and comparison um, of Susie to other children. That is the problem. So mom is prolonging the situation by her worry and attempts to solve something that isn't really a problem. That is just part of growing up. So just to conclude, this number one perspective is just to uh, decide, decide who actually has a problem and to note who is complaining the person complaining is normally the one with the problem, even though it may appear that the one being complained about should have the problem. Now, number two of our perspectives is attempting to solve the problem. So generally, I think it is understood that if we can really understand the problem, the answer will come out of it. Because the answer is not usually separate from the problem. This is a saying from Krishnamurti. And I think it really, really rings true. And to further expand on this, research at a therapy clinic in California has shown that a high proportion of treatment failures for anything were the result of an inadequate definition of the problem during the first visit. Like I always used to say, if you follow me on Instagram, I did a post, um, make a post, um, post um, something about Mrs. Beaton and her recipe for jugged hair. And the first thing um, item on that agenda of cooking and uh, making, preparing the jugged hair is to first find and catch the hair. So it is vitally important to define the problem before a solution can be found. Uh, seeking help for a problem um, that you don't really know, when you don't really know what the problem is, is a really futile and a waste of time. Um, once the basic components are understood um, of what the problem is, you can ask yourself questions like, um, what does it mean to mean? How does it make me feel or what limits am I dealing with it? And what role does my attitude play? And that is key, especially for me. I had to really sit down, 
and think about what role my attitude, what I was doing to contribute to this um, situation where I was having insurmountable problems that didn't seem to have any solutions to them. So um, most of us approach problems on a logical basis. Um, you know, you say, because I have a problem, there must be a cause. There must be a physical reason and um, there must be an antidote for it. Sometimes an answer is found. The problem is solved and life takes an upturn where optimism and energy return and all external events can be enjoyed and appreciated. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't really work out like that. People rigid in their attitudes find it difficult to influence the problem for which they are seeking relief. So being fixed, inflexible and unable to incorporate new opinions will ensure this merry-go-round of non-problem solving will just continue. So we can see here that one basic attribute for being able to solve long-term or life's problems in general, or anything for that matter, is the ability to be adaptable and to be flexible and to change according to circumstances. I mean, we know, we all know change is uncomfortable, but remember growth always happens outside of your comfort zone. So bear this in mind. It is necessary to put time and effort into making um, these desired changes. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, and, you know, if you listen to someone with a problem, uh, they voice the desire to make the changes. But usually and often more often than not, their actions and attitudes convey a completely different message. So it is obvious that if a long term problem exists, it is mostly likely to be resolved by an alteration in attitude in thought or even in action or all three it just depends on what the problem is uh if you continue to behave obviously in the exactly the same way nothing will change and some people would even go on to call that insanity my mom always used to tell me that audrey insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results each time <laughs> So one of the difficulties about changing a situation is inertia caused by being in that predicament for some time. So it requires energy to get yourself out of that funk and to um, alter that situation. So I'm sure you'll agree with me that um, to alter a problem, you need to be irritated by the suffering. It should be causing significant discomfort and you decide that you do not want to continue operating in that way anymore. You then need to be eager for change and believe that that change is indeed possible. And after you have acknowledged that, you need to prepare to accept the responsibility for change and have an open attitude towards alternatives. Try and be confident to try something new. Don't be afraid about um, afraid of new things and new challenges. Be confident that with the right tools, with the right support, you can be able to achieve what you want. And also to understand that the change is not going to happen overnight. You're not going to see instant results. But it has to be something, it's like a seed. If you sow a seed underground, it'll be a little while before you see a plant coming, plant shoots coming out from the ground. But it doesn't mean that nothing is happening underneath the ground. A lot has been happening as well. So um, you also need to be aware of what to do and how you do it. So this is basically how we would tackle any problem that, you, I mean, any situation where you are attempting to solve the problem um, as far as possible and see if you can get yourself out of that situation. The third perspective is obviously rec recognizing the problem as a message. 
Um, you know, sometimes problems are only opportunities in disguise, but you need to be in a position to understand and acknowledge and see the opportunity in the problem. So uh, viewing difficulties as opportunities to learn provides a completely new slant on the situation. This is a very good attitude to have. However, this attitude requires a suitable level of maturity. Um, I mean, obviously, telling a screaming child who's just tumbled off a bike that this is part of the process of learning to ride it is unlikely to achieve the desired response. Um, so I'm sure you'll agree with me that many people are not sufficiently adult enough in their emotions. They're not emotionally insure, mature enough to accept their suffering as an opportunity for growth and to learn about themselves. So one of the most prevalent and restricting attitude towards chronic problems is not facing up to them or acknowledging the various factors involved. Um, by turning towards the difficulty and accepting it as something to learn from rather than um, something that's just there to disturb your um, your flow of things, um, introduces another train of thought. Um, and that uh, the train of thought begins allowing gradual but definite erosion of the problem. Um, uh, recently, I remember when I drove to, um, to Devon, um, I decided on a new route off the motorway, obviously because we there was a there was a detour. There was some incident that happened on the road, and the inevitable happened. Uh, we became ho- hopelessly lost and frustrated, perplexed, and obviously anxious because a wrong turn was taken somewhere, and for some reason or the other, my sat nav just flatly refused to reroute. However, during these attempts to discover the correct road, we found something in an antique shop that we've been looking for years. We found really nice pubs, some other areas of Devon that are beautiful, with beautiful houses, little lace, little country walks. So many things that we actually discovered. And eventually we got back to where we wanted to go. We found the the correct road. And um, it didn't feel like such a waste of time after all because... Whilst in the process of trying to find our way back, um, we ended up finding some other beautiful things and decided that we would absolutely 100% go back to that place um, and see if we can spend a little holiday there. So as you can see, I was able to acknowledge the opportunity that being lost presented to me, but I needed to be in the right frame of mind to do that. Um, I think I was just in a good mood <laughs> anyway and that day, so it was easy for me to just switch my train of thought. And before you know it, what happened, what what came about as a problem in the first instance wasn't such a big problem after all. So if instead of trying to solve a problem and remove it, we ask ourselves, what does it mean and what message is it trying to tell me? Maybe... We can just actually learn from it and we will follow a completely different pathway, often with pleasantly surprising results. Um, For example, I had a patient who had suffered chest pains for years. I mean, he tried to diagnose and remove it by physical means, you know, the usual medical interventions, ECGs, chest x-rays, medication, this and that, but to no avail. The try to cure it routine was obviously not working. So um, he was asked by professionals if he would accept the pain as part of life's problems, but he was obviously unwilling to do so. Um, someone then suggested that um, to try and learn from the pain and agree to spend it, um, he agreed to spend time and effort following the course because physically there didn't seem to be anything wrong with him, but he was experiencing this chest pain. After discussing the various aspects of his conditions, um, it was summarized that he had suffered the pain on and off for 10 years and that it occurred when he was feeling relaxed, calm and happy. 
that there was a strong underlying guilt about being illegitimate and a feeling he had caused enormous problems for his mother. He had a very, very low opinion of himself, no confidence whatsoever, and a belief he had been responsible for the vagrancy of his son and the failed marriage of his daughter. I mean, he had this constant chronic chest pain for over 10 years. And despite everything, any medical intervention didn't work. So he was asked to go inside the pain by focusing his mind internally. Um, and whilst he sat down and tried to meditate his pain away, he started crying. And in his pain, he saw pictures of himself as a small boy being called a bastard and having to fight for survival. It was only after he settled down that it was discussed what he had learned from this episode. And he said, it seems as if the pain is acting to punish me for what I've done. It is also isolating me from others so I can't hurt them. And perhaps it is helping me receive the sympathy and attention that I've always wanted, but I've never had. So this bloke was definitely on a path of learning from his pain. And he was open to it. And he could see that he was very willing and able to go about using that knowledge about his pain to become more confident in facing life's battles without feeling guilty or requiring punishment in order to justify his actions. So this is one very good scenario where it actually worked and he managed to learn from his pain. But like we said, like I discussed earlier, it is only possible if you are emotionally mature and you're open to feeling very uncomfortable and accepting some things, some very hard truths and moving forward from them. Now, the fourth perspective is using avoidance and denial. Um, um, because sometimes denial of the real problem may, may in fact be the real problem. Um, it reminds me of a couple of years back when I flew to South Africa, uh, to South Africa, um, I was with my daughter and I checked in my luggage and the attendant weighed the suitcase attaching a luggage label to Johannesburg. The thread on the label broke and she cursed and attached another one, which also broke. These label strings are faulty. They are all broken, she said, um, as she tried, obviously, to attach a third label. My mind drifted to the millions of pounds spent by the airline on advertising services, food and so on, which were going to end up with a dissatisfied customer all because of faulty string costing um, almost nothing. I imagine how annoyed tourists would arrive in, in South Africa and find that their luggage was in Ethiopia. And I also thought about the trouble and expense needed to unite the two. I'm sure you've all had to go through the horrendous ordeal of um, identifying or trying to locate your lost luggage. I asked the girl why she didn't get some more suitable string. She replied that there was some other at another counter, but she couldn't be bothered to get it. I made sure my label wasn't attached with the faulty thread because that's all I could do and that's all I could control. So as you can see, many people in unpleasant circumstances continually talk about how difficult things are, but never actually do anything about them. Maybe the continual discussion of the problem, of the problem in some way relieves the tension. Maybe people do not really want to change, but get benefit from constant grumbling. Um, and endeavours to solve long-term difficulties require initiative and persistence to arrive at a suitable solution. Many attempts are obviously fought with failure. Some doors that seem to open easily lead to dead ends further ahead. Conflicting advice from different people only makes matters worse in my experience. And in the long run, it just boils down, boils down to really everything being up to us. 
It is our problem, unique to us, and only we can fully, fully understand it. So this brings us to the end of the four perspectives. As I um, detailed earlier, I've tried to keep everything short and sweet and as clear as possible so you can understand where we're coming from and where I'm coming from. Um, thank you very much for listening. I will obviously attach, um, bring some song or a nice song for this particular segment, which I have thoroughly enjoyed researching and delivering to you. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to leave any reviews and to um, follow me on Instagram. My name is Elima Audrey and that's my Instagram handle. Uh, or you can look for Bits and Bobs podcast. Either one of the two accounts are okay. It's all good. And then we can follow each other and you can be updated on any new episodes that have come up. Or you can subscribe on whichever platform that you listen from so that you can get notifications every time there is a new episode. So once again, thank you so much for listening and I hope to catch you soon.